0: Let's all open our Bibles to Revelation chapter 1. We're starting a new series. We're going to get through the book of Revelation. I think it'll be uh, a real growth time. Father, uh, we just ask, teach us today and change us forever. We want to be more like your son. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Okay, uh, hold your Bibles up. Everybody brought your Bible? Great, 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 great. Now, as we start this series on Revelation, um, let me tell you what my goal is. I'm going to stay as close to the scriptures as I possibly can. Uh, Revelation, that's very important. There'll be a lot of things. I don't know how it works. I don't know the answer, but we're going to take our best shot at it. And uh, it's your chance to grow And kind of wrestle with the scriptures. But the truth is we want to stay with the scriptures. Now, Revelation chapter 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his bondservants the things that must, everyone say must, must soon take place. And he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant John who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ even to everything that he saw. So if you're going to take notes, I urge you to do that. You'll learn twice as much. If you do, let me give you the theme of the book. theme of the entire book. Jesus Christ is coming back. He's coming back physically. And when he comes back, he's going to deal with all sin. All of it. And he's going to defeat all evil totally. Do we still have evil, yes or no? Oh yeah, we have a bunch of it. And last, he will establish his eternal reign forever and ever Amen. Now, if you look at the painting on the screen there, the whole book reminds me of this story Jesus told in Mark chapter 12. And here's the story There's a rich man who bought a piece of property, he cleared the property, he wanted to establish a vineyard. So he worked really hard at getting the vineyard planted. He hired lots of people to do this. He built a high wall around the vineyard. He built buildings and got equipment and everything he needed for a profitable business. And then he leased the business, leased the vineyard to people. The agreement was at the end of the year, or the first time the crops came in, he was to get paid his portion. So he sent one of his servants, he was in the far country, he sent one of his servants to get the payment that he deserved. Well, when they saw the servant, they beat him up, they were rude to him, and they threw him out of the vineyard. Then the owner sent another servant to collect his payment. And he was treated the same way. He was beat up. He was rudely treated. He was thrown out of the vineyard. How many know God is very patient with wicked humanity? He's very patient. And then he sent a third servant. And this time they killed him. And all these servants represented the prophets. And the owner said, finally. I will send my only son, my beloved son. They will surely respect him. So when they saw the son coming to collect what was his, they plotted, they said to themselves, Ah, there's the owner's son. Let's kill him. And when we kill him, the vineyard will be ours. Now Jesus is telling this story To the religious leaders of Israel. and Then the punchline is. The owner will come. And what do you think he's going to do? To those people that abused his son. That's like the book of Revelation. Now here's the setting. Out of the 12 apostles, there were more than 12, but out of the 12 original, John was the youngest. He was probably a teenager when he started following Jesus. He wrote five books in the New Testament, and this is the ruins of the city of Ephesus. It was like the New York City of its day on the coast. That's where he lived. That was the center of his ministry. That is where he died. Now, I've been to Turkey a number of times, I've never been to Ephesus, it's on my bucket list, I want to go. And approximately, he died at age 90. Now, when Jesus turned to John at the cross saying, son, this is your mother, church tradition says that he took in Mary, the mother of Jesus, and she followed him to Ephesus, and that's where she died, and The Turks believe they have the gravesite of Mary and also the gravesite of John and might be, don't know. Now this is a map of Turkey today. Do you see Ephesus? Do you see it on the coast there? You see it? Yep, I see it, Pastor. Thank you. Now the book was written somewhere around 94 to 96 A.D. It means in the year of our Lord. Jerusalem was burned to the ground in 70 A.D. by the Romans. So it's about 25 years later. And this was at the close of a wicked man's reign by the name of Domitian. Everyone say Domitian. Domitian was the the emperor that followed Nero. Nero slaughtered lots of Christians, including the apostle Paul. This man was just as bad. He was petty, he was insecure, he was a murderer, and he was egotistic. He was probably demon-possessed. And the persecution of, of Christians was really hard during those days, and uh, it's tough in many places around the world. Nigeria, uh, Vietnam, uh, places in Colombia, uh, Sudan. Korea, India. More Christians will probably die this year than at any other time in history. And so what the book of Revelation is doing is preparing the church for more persecution. Now, the picture I just pulled up are the ruins in Ephesus of the temple Domitian paid for to be built as a place of worship. Can you guess? What was to be worshipped there? Himself. He was to be worshipped as emperor right there. This is a kind of a reconstruction of how huge the temple was. And so he made it a law in the empire. that You must come on a regular basis and offer sacrifices to me. And worship me. And you are to say before you leave the building, Caesar is Lord. Now, John wanted nothing to do with it. Other Christians wanted nothing to do with it. Matter of fact, Domitian killed 40,000 people who would not do that. I'm not saying that. Go ahead and take my life now. Go ahead and exile me now. Okay, now let me give you a synopsis of the whole book. Verses 1 through 7 is like a flyover of the entire book of Revelation. And we start out, I just read it. The title of the book is, is it the Revelation of John? Some of your Bibles have that. Nope. Is it the Revelation of Billy Graham? Is it the Revelation of Steve Pearson? No. It is what? What? The revelation of Jesus Christ. The book is all about him. He is the theme of the book. And you hear people all the time, and I probably say it, they call it the book of revelations, plural. That is not correct. It is the book of revelation, singular, meaning to me, it is the greatest revelation of all. Got it everybody, you got it? You're with me? Help me out. Help me out. Are you with me? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Now, the good news of this study, by the time we're done, even if it takes a year, 10 months for us to get through this, everybody that reads, participates, studies, I'll guarantee you something will happen. Every one of us will have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. It may be major, it may be minor, but it will be amazing. And we will love him more after we've studied this than when we started. It's already happened into my life in just one week. Now, what we just read was that the Father gave the Son, verse 1, which God gave him, the father gave the son this message to his particular word, bondservants. Everyone say bond servants. Okay, do you know what a bondservant is? Kind of a technical term. It's found in the book of uh, Exodus. And it goes kind of like this. If you have a servant or a slave who's a Hebrew and he works for you and maybe he couldn't feed his family or maybe he was in debt to you and you had this agreement at the end of six years he was to go free he is released on the seventh year but if something happens and it probably happened if that servant comes back to you and says master Can I sit down in your office? My life has really changed because my family has been a part of your family. And we've decided to follow your God. And so we like this relationship. I don't have anything better. Can I stay and be a part of your family and work for you? And if the master agreed, they would take him. This was an official kind of a ceremony. He would go to the door of the house and take an awl or go to Home Depot and get a drill. Black and Decker drill. And drill, uh, I'm hoping a slight hole in the earlobe. If I was doing it, it might go through the neck and come through the other side. Oh, sorry. Too much pressure. And I assume he would wear a special ring. Slavery was a big thing in Rome at this time. 10%. Of everybody in the Roman Empire were slaves, usually because of war. Now, in one of the seven cities we're going to read about in the coming weeks, Smyrna, this is a relief or a stone carving on a wall about Romans taking Smyrna and taking men off into captivity. Do you see that? So, when when John says to the bondservants... A bondservant is somebody that serves willingly. They don't have to do it. They're doing it willingly, not under compulsion. And Paul the Apostle actually started a number of his letters, which is really cool. He said, I, Paul, the bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he said, by the way, I'm an apostle too. But bondservant was more important to him than being an apostle which I thought is really cool. There's people going around calling themselves apostles and prophets, and maybe some are. But I don't think titles are important. It's just being a bondservant. I am a servant. Are you a bondservant? Hold your hand up. Are you a bondservant? Do you serve the Lord? And Do you serve him willingly? And then he said, I want you to write down the things that must shortly take place. Now, we just finished one year. Got another year coming up. And you say, okay, pastor, so what we're going to read about is going to happen. It will happen because it's in the scripture. The question is, people ask, well, when will it happen? I don't know. I just know we're getting closer and closer. And things in the world are speeding up faster and faster. When Israel became a nation in 1948... The clock started ticking. Jesus could be back very, very, very soon. And the scripture says that the Lord dispatched an angel to take the message to John, the trusted pastor, the old man who had been faithful to the Lord so many years. Take this message so John can write the message down so the church can have it, so people in Lexington can have the message and be encouraged and warned. Now, verse number 3. Look at verse number 3. Hope you keep your Bibles on your lap. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and who heed the things which are written in it because the time is near. Now, this is the only book in the Bible that promises a blessing if you read it. Uh, Just out of curiosity, how many have read the book of Revelation front to back? Excellent. Okay. I would encourage you during this study, read along, study along. And blessing means God will do special things for you that normally wouldn't happen. You'll understand things. You'll see things. Things will come together for you if you read it. And secondly, you read it, but you listen. And so in John's time, this message got copied over and over and over. And there were no church buildings, so people met in homes. And so they would gather together in a home, and one person would read it, because many of the people couldn't read and write. Blessed is the one that listens, and blessed is the one that heeds or applies. Now, with the new year that we've just been given, one of the most important questions to me is, are we going to do what he's asking us to do? It's one thing to know it. It's another thing to think I'm going to do it, but are you really going to do what do you feel the Lord is asking you to do this year? And he says, because the time is short, the time is short for all of us, we will either see him or he will be back for us very soon. Whether you're 100 years of age, these are people that took their last breath this week. Whether it's a football coach that's famous across the nation, or whether it's an NFL commentator that many people loved, everybody will have a day when you take your last breath. And it's coming quicker for all of us than we can ever imagine. Now, verse number 3, we talked about the seven churches of the congregation. Verse 4, actually, John to the seven churches that are in Asia, Grace to you and peace from him who is who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits that are before the throne. Now, this, what we just read, verse 4, seven congregations in seven key cities. You see them listed on the map there? And these are actually postal circuits. These churches were planted in strategic areas where there were roads built by the Roman Empire, It was a great place to disseminate information and the gospel. And all this is called in your Bible, Asia what? And today we call it Turkey. Verse number four. John stated the message to the seven churches came from three places. The father the Ancient of Days, the one who was, the one who is, the one who is timeless, the one who is to come. And then second from the seven spirits. And I may get this wrong. There's a lot of mystery in revelation and revelation in the Bible. We'll just do the best we can. Well, Steve, who are the seven spirits? Well, I'm going to take a guess. I'm guessing the seven spirits... Go back to Isaiah's prophecy, to the sevenfold ministry of the Holy Spirit. I keep a piece of paper there, if you would. And let's go to the left, to Isaiah chapter 11. I want to show you something really, really, really cool. You found it? Isaiah chapter eleven. I once heard Henry Blackaby say, "He prays his prayer over himself every day," and what an amazing servant of the Lord that man has been. Verse two: The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. That's right out of Luke chapter four eighteen, where Jesus said, "The spirit of the Lord is upon upon me; He's anointing me to do the spirit of wisdom." The spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So you see these seven qualities, seven ministries of the Holy Spirit. One, it is the spirit of the Lord. Two, it is the spirit of wisdom. Do you ask for wisdom? Lord, help me see what you want me to see. That's wisdom. Spirit of understanding. What is understanding? Understanding is knowing what to do with what you've been shown. Spirit of counsel. Holy Spirit, every day be my counselor. Teach me. Show me what I should do. Reveal to me the things that are to come. Number five, the spirit of strength. Lord, give me strength to serve you. Lord, give me the energy I need. Help me to be persistent. Help me not to quit. The spirit of knowledge. Lord, I need your knowledge to lead my family. Lord, I need your knowledge to lead myself. Lord, I need my knowledge to lead my company. Give me the knowledge that I need. And number seven, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. The scripture says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And then the third person in the message, Jesus Christ. Look at verse 5. From Jesus Christ, now look at the eight characteristics listed. The faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth, The one that loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. He has made us to be a kingdom, priest to his God and Father. And to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. So it is to be, amen. Everyone say amen. When you see the amen, it's a turning point in the passage. Verses 1 through 7 are flyover for the entire book. Now let's look at these words the angel told John to write down for us. He is called the faithful witness, would you repeat that please, the... Faithful witness. What is a witness? A witness is someone that testifies. Now if I can remember and get this straight, John 1, 1 and one fourteen. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. In verse 14. And the Word... Became flesh, that's what we celebrated Christmas. And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten. Full of two things. What are the two things? The things that he wants us to be full of. Every church to be full of. Two things. Grace, grace for people every day. And truth, we never depart from the truth we got to have both, not one or the other. we got to have both. He is God's communication. and I ask people all the time, what is God saying to you, especially people younger than me? What is the Lord? And they go, is he, is he talking to me? I go, are you alive? Yes, he's talking to you. Well, what's he saying? Well, I'll get you started with this. Jesus is his communication to you. You see, he came to testify to people. He is the one sent by the Father to show the truth to people. You know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Actually, folk have no excuses. Well, I've never heard God, and I I don't know what he's saying. I go, he's speaking to you every day. I think the issue is you don't want to hear. Jesus summed it up in John 5. He said, the very works I do, they bear witness of me, that the Father has sent me. So, do do you believe the testimony? Would that be yes or no? Yeah. Point number two, he's the firstborn of the dead. Say it with me, please. the firstborn of the dead, which means... When he rose on Resurrection Sunday, he broke the power of death, Satan, and the grave over us. He's the first one. Death had no hold on him. And I'm very, very grateful for that. But I want to tell you, I'm going to do some self-counseling in front of 400 people right now. Um, I hate death. I'm tired of it. I don't like it. I've done too many funerals in my family. I buried my sister-in-law this summer, who was a lot younger than me, died from a blood clot. I hated every minute of it. The only thing I like about funerals is I get to tell people about Jesus, and I've seen lots of people give their heart to Christ. Last year, in some ways, I realized one day I was carrying a burden of sadness I didn't know I had. It hit me one day. I'm in a funk. And part of the reason I was in a funk is because I've done funerals for so many people that I love in 24 months. Hardly any of it was COVID. It was just especially men that I've loved for 15 or 20 years. And to do their funerals, one guy driving to Nicholasville He gave his heart to Christ 10 days before he died, and I shared the gospel with him for 25 years, and he gave his heart to Christ 10 days before he died. And as I was driving down Main Street, Nicholasville, to do the funeral, I just broke out in tears and said, Father, I can't do this. I I love Dan so much, and this is so personal to me. you got to give me grace to do it. Let me tell you, another reason I hate death is Jesus hated it. He called it the last enemy. Death is saying goodbye. I don't like saying goodbye. Going to do my prayer drive yesterday, I get a text at 11 o'clock. It broke my heart. A church member, Frank Roby, former pastor, Air Force guy, as a handyman business set, he and his wife sat over there for many, many years. He said, my wife Ann just died. Ann and Frank at the 11 o'clock service stood right there and prayed with people every single Sunday. Ann Stevens, her married name Roby, is a hero to this city. She loved the poor like nobody's business. She made me look like I'm shy backward and won't talk to anybody about Jesus. Man, she just talked to everybody about Jesus. She gave away money she didn't have. She paid rent. She got people into clothes. And she always operated on a shoestring budget. I don't even know how she ever did it. But Frank told me, I knew they both had COVID. We were praying for God to heal them. He was at home. She was at the hospital. And he tells me Saturday she had two heart attacks. The first one, they brought her back. The second one, they couldn't bring her back. I haven't told Frank this. Going, we will going do a service this spring, a uh, celebration of Anne's life. But here's my theory why they couldn't get her back. She saw too much, <laughs> she saw the firstborn of the dead. She saw heaven. She saw people she had led to Christ. There's already people, lines and hundreds of people waiting to hug her and welcome her home. And yes, she loved Frank. Yes, she loved her kids. Yes, she loved us. But when Jesus said, would you like to stay or would you like to go? She, She didn't even think about it. I'm staying. I'm glad Jesus is a firstborn of the dead, because if you know Jesus, you don't have anything to be afraid. And he's a ruler of the kings of the earth. Whether you're Napoleon or Julius Caesar or Mao and think you're pretty big, think you can throw your weight around, think you have a lot of territory, a lot of money. I got news for you. Look at this picture. That is the most powerful Pharaoh that ever ruled the Egyptian empire. And look where his head is today. That's he's the great. And this is a painting of the greatest king who ever walked this earth, mortal king, Nebuchadnezzar, the golden head in Daniel. There's nothing left of his stuff. He's gone with the wind. And Joseph Stalin, that murderous thug that killed, people think socialism and communism is a great deal. Follow him. He killed 50 million of his own people. 50 million of his own people. And let me tell you, there's something all six of these have in common. You want to know what it is? You know what they have in common? They're all dead. That's what they have in common. But there's one who's a ruler of all kings. And every king, prime minister, and president in this world, better figure that one out because they're going to answer to him one day. Point number four, John said he's the one that loves us. Did you know he has loved us with an everlasting love? Do you know what that means? He'll never quit loving you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how you failed. He loves you. Period. He will carry his scars. He has carried his scars into the next world. So you will see how much he loves you. So don't ever let the devil tell you that you are not loved. You are loved beyond description. Because he's the one that loves us. And I want to ask, have you experienced his love? We've had something in the last 30 years in America where kids that have been raised in church, Bible believing churches, good parents have gone off to college or the Marine Corps and they lose their faith. I had a guy in the last service tell me, I dropped away from God for 12 years. 12 years! But I'm back now. Do You know what the issue is? You can't have the faith of your parents, it must be your faith. And if you've been to church and just read the stories, but you've never encountered his love, it's just a theory to you. It hasn't changed your heart. So the question is, do you want to experience his love? Well, how do I do that, Steve? James 4 says this, a promise. If you will draw near to God, He won't meet you halfway. He'll meet you 90% of the way. And He's the one that released us from our sins by His blood. Someone say, amen, please help me out. The word released in some of your versions says washed. The Greek word washed, released, same word, but it means this. You had something and now you don't have it. There was something messing you up. It's not messing you up anymore. You had a load and it's not on you anymore because it's been released. You've been washed. You've been cleansed, which includes all guilt. Some of you have carried guilt around for years. Some of you have shame today. Confess your sins. Let go of the shame. It is in the past. It's not you. Your new creation. And the penalty. He paid the penalty for you. And even the wrath of God. When you receive Christ, the wrath of God is off the agenda for you. You are adopted, you are forgiven, you are beloved. I think this is really good news, don't you? Do you realize you can look at anybody, no matter how angry, how messed up, how foreign they are, and say, I got good news for you. You don't have to be that way anymore. You can be free. Somebody's paid for it. So why are you hanging on to it? Let's let go of it today. Today. Get free today. And I love this one. I've thought about this one. This might have been the hardest one to me figure out. Lord, what, what is this about? He's made us to be a kingdom. What do you mean a kingdom? A kingdom of what? A kingdom of priests. A kingdom of kings. Do you realize that's your destiny? What do you mean? A kingdom. Well, I don't even have a job. I don't even have any education. I'm behind in my bills. I don't have anything going for me. I don't have anybody that likes me. Guess what? You're in the kingdom. You have royalty in your blood now. Your destiny is to be a priest to the Lord. Your destiny is royalty, to be a king, to be a queen. Here's a question. Can you tell me what do kings do? the last service, somebody over here said, whatever they want. (laughs) Maybe. But what are kings supposed to do? What do they do? They rule, right? That's what kings do. They rule. Now, Jesus said people that rule in my kingdom, people that lead, they do it differently. To lead or to rule means you take responsibility for other people. You go to the back of the line, not the head of the line. You make everybody else better. You don't take advantage of people. You don't lord it over. You help people. That's called servant leadership. And then, what does it mean to be a priest? Now, this is very uh, condensed. To be a priest means to be a bridge. Everyone say bridge? What do you mean, a bridge? A bridge between God and mankind. You see, mankind's got a problem. What's the problem? We're sinners. We're broken, sinful people on one side of the chasm. On the other side is holy God. that can't tolerate sin. If a wicked person dies within his sins, they cannot go to heaven because heaven is a perfect place. It's a holy place. And you would ruin it as soon as you got there. So you can't go. So, how does God solve the dilemma? Jesus Christ is a great high priest. And he modeled laying his life down as a go between, a mediator, a reconciler between God and man, and as sons and daughters of the living God. That's our destiny. We're bridge builders. How can people know about Christ unless we love them, unless we help them, unless we share the gospel, unless we take them? Let me show you how. Let's go across. I'll go across with you. Your life can be different, but we've got to get to the other side. So when you think about this this next year, and what are you going to do with your time and your gifts and graces? Maybe you're 15, maybe you're 55. What are you going to do with your life? Well, you got two choices. Do you want to be honored by the world? which is short-lived, or do you want to be honored by Jesus? What's your choice? What's your choice? Do you want to be useful to the king? I mean, this is the sweetest deal ever, to be adopted, to be made a king, a queen, to have the most significant role, no matter what I do. A life of significance. And then number seven. He is the one to whom all glory is due. All dominion is due. It's the words of John. Forever and ever. Amen. Which means at all times. We're not concerned about our glory being patted on the back. We want Jesus to get all glory and we want him to have dominion every single day Lord rule my life Lord rule my day today rule me so I can be a blessing to my family and so I want to ask you if you were honest Does Jesus have dominion in your life or are you still kind of running the show? Does he receive glory from your life? Or do you think life is still about you? Now, when I was 20 years of age, I was a lifeguard at Myrtle Beach and I'd been a Christian two years and I asked the Lord to use me for his glory, however he wanted. And the night he called me to serve him, and he calls everyone, if you listen, he gave me this verse. And this verse is my life verse. And from the time to time, when I don't know what to do, I just say, Lord, I want to glorify you on earth. Whatever you want me to do, I want to accomplish it. Give me the grace just to do those two things. And last, worship team, if you guys would get ready to come out, please. He is coming. One day in the clouds in such a spectacular way. Again, this is what the scripture says that every eye will see him and I assume that means at the same time and those who pierced him remember us reading that what do you mean those who pierced him well like who pierced him well yeah the legionnaire that took the 8 foot long spear and ran it between his ribs after he died, and out came water and blood, which meant he was dead, pierced him. But also the execution detail. That's all they did was execute criminals. Four. Held him down. Drove 12-inch spikes through his wrist and through his ankles. Yeah, they pierced him. Pilate ordered it done. Caiaphas and Annas, a high priest, Ordered it done. The crowd of leaders urged on the Romans to do it. The Romans did it. The Jews Jews did it. But guess who else pierced him? You and I did. For our sins. And the scripture says, all tribes, which means to me all mankind, and all unreached, all reached and unreached people groups, there's about 7,000 different people groups in the world, they will see him, and they will mourn. Now, I've thought about this word, mourn. Oh. What do you mean, mourn, Steve? Does that mean they're going to say, Oh, so sorry for Jesus. I'm so sorry, no. The word mourn in Greek is a lot, I, was, I said it the first service. Alalazo, which means to wail. Have you ever wailed? When I blew out my knee the first time in football camp, I didn't cry, I wailed. I rolled around in the wet Carolina grass thinking somebody shoot me and put me out of my misery. That was wailing. And to me, this says, when the world sees the king coming in the clouds, They will be confronted with their rebellion, their resistance to the king, their indifference. Oh, I don't hate him. I kind of like him, but I got my stuff to do. Their wickedness, their secret life, and their idolatry. Anything before Jesus is idolatry. You see the photo on the left? That's folk getting ready to go on vacation on the Titanic. They had no idea what was going to transpire. And people that have spent their lifetime telling Jesus, I don't want you. I don't have time for you. A man I shared the gospel with for 30 years was dying of pancreatic cancer. And I loved him. I went to his house. I bought him meals. He was too smart for himself. I tried for 30 years. I hope he made the team before he died. About six months ago, I called him thinking, I need to try one more time because i would driven 60 miles to his house twice to talk to him about Christ. And he said this to me over the phone, very weak, a shell of a man, and said, I don't need your Christ. Let's leave it at that. Thank you for trying. I still prayed for him. I said, can I pray for you? I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting, and you shouldn't either, because this is important. Eternity is important. A simple soul is important. Heaven is important. And it's life And death. And when he comes through the cloud, there'll be two kinds of people. There'll be some that'll shout, praise God, say hallelujah, and say, yeah, yes, dear Lord, awesome, I've been waiting, bless God, thank you, thank you, thank you, yeah, let's get on with it. That's what Ann said Saturday. But others, maybe the majority of people will scream in horror and say, oh, no, it's true. It's all true. And it's now too late for me. What I just shared with you in seven verses is the overview for the entire book. And as I said, the theme earlier is Jesus is returning and that's a good thing and I'm excited about it and he will deal with all sin and he will defeat all evil. Someone say, yes, Lord, and he will reign forever and ever. Amen. The only issue is where are you in the story? Where are you in the story? Have you given your heart to Christ? Some of you guys listening on the web? You might have been a preacher's kid, but you're not walking with the Lord any more than a dog is. Maybe you once walked with the Lord and you turned your back on him. Or maybe you thought you're just too smart for this simplicity of this thing. Some of you may be in active rebellion, which means you got a secret life no one knows about but you. And it's killing you. But you can't tell anybody. I want to say, come clean. Come back to Christ. Give him your heart and walk with him. Every head bowed, every eye closed, please. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you've not been walking with the one that's coming back and you've actually been in rebellion or you've never given your heart to Christ, why don't you surrender today? Right where you are. If you're ready to do this, say, Lord Jesus. That's right, Lord Jesus, I need you. Come into my heart today and save me. Make me a new creation. Forgive me of every sin and give me a home in heaven because today I'm in and I will serve you forever. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you just prayed that prayer with me, hold your hand up. Hold your hand up. Hold your hand up. Wonderful. Anybody else? Wonderful. Anybody else? Anybody else? Wonderful. Wonderful. I see that hand. Bless you. As we take the Lord's table, would you hold it up with me, please? This is not a religious observance. This is an act of commitment. It's an act of worship. It's an act saying I'm in. I'm all in. And I'm in forever. And if you'd peel the top back for where the bread is and put it in your hand and hold it. Jesus, thank you for your body that was broken, pierced, bruised, bruised, Busted up for us that we could find healing in mind, body, and spirit. Thank you for your sacrifice. Bring healing in Jesus' name. Take it. And likewise, for the wine. Lord, I thank you that it is the blood of Jesus that releases us, washes us from all of our sin. Take and drink. Thank you, merciful Lord. I'm going to invite you in the next moments, come to the altar. You need to do business with the Lord. You need a time of dedication. You want to pray for someone. You need to let something go. You need to ask for that spirit of counsel to come and come to the altar during this next song.
1: mercy seat Sing Worthy is the Lamb Worthy is the Lamb who was slain Holy, holy is He Sing a new song to Him who said so Heaven's mercy seat Sing holy, holy Holy, holy, holy Is the Lord God Almighty Who was and is and is to come With all creation I sing Praise to the King of kings you Love. are rules of thunder, hallelujah Lord, blessing
2: and honor, strength and glory and power be to you the only wise king, yeah. holy, holy, holy is our Lord God Almighty, Who was and is and is to come,
1: come Lord Jesus,
2: come. With all creation I sing,
1: praise to the
2: King of kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. Power! Power. You? Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything. And I will adore you. Holy, holy, holy holy is the Lord God Almighty. Who was and is and is to come. Come,
1: Jesus, come.
2: With all creation I sing praise to the King of Everything and I will adore you.
3: you're holy praise the name of the Lord Church give him praise today (laughs) praise you Lord praise the name of the Lord who was and is and is to come hallelujah Lord thank you Lord that you're coming back you're coming for your church and Lord we desire to be a spotless bride Lord, we desire to be closer to you this year than we've ever been. We want to tell of you to more people than we ever have before. Lord, we desire an awakening. We desire revival. That your spirit would be upon us, Lord, in the year 2022. Lord, we want to be ready. Help us to be ready. Father, I pray you bless your people today. Let us turn our eyes up to the hills to where our strength comes from, to you, Lord. Bless your people today, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Slip out quietly, there's still people doing business. If you raised your hand, if you made a decision to follow Christ today, come up here and tell someone. If you need prayer, there's people on the right and on the left, we'll pray for you. God bless you. Happy New Year. Make sure to pick up your children. joining us at Church of the Savior online today we hope you are encouraged to pursue God and grow in your walk with Jesus if you made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time today please reach out to us we would love to help you take your next step please visit our website for information on upcoming events and how you can connect with the COS family there is also a prayer request form where you can let us know how we can pray for you Thanks again for tuning in. Hope to see you next week.